0: What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. 30 seconds and counting. There were plenty of years where there were guys who would dread being drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Not anymore. Astronauts it Feels good. Two minutes, 25 seconds. Brandon Bean realizes they're in a window of two to three years max to get this done while the iron's still hot. And getting Von Miller into that situation was big for the Bills. 10, 9, oh ho,
1: ho, baby! Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero...
0: Oh, baby! What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Seabot here with you. Monday night live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. It can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. Thank you so much for joining me on yet another Monday evening. A hot one today here in Rochester. Muggy, hot but that's all right. I'm in a good mood because we are 10 clicks out, baby. 10 days from tonight, Bills, Rams to kick off the season. Tomorrow, we are officially in the single digits. 10 days from tonight, we're off, baby. This is the second-to-last smoke break before the season starts. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. If you thought we were going after it, Happy, this uh, this offseason, just you wait till the season starts. This is going to be our best season ever. Super stoked. As you can see, a bit of a different headphone situation going on right now, and that's why I was a little bit late tonight. I apologize. Uh, you know, you've heard me complain about this before. You know, the more you spend on something, it seems, the more it gives you trouble. I got these super expensive headphones that I use every week. Go to start the show as I normally do. They just decide, hey, you know what? We're not going to work. Not going to work at all. Nothing. Couldn't even get it. Couldn't get anything out of them. So as you can see here, I've, I've done this before. If you're a, if you're a long-time viewer slash list listener, you've seen me sport the, uh, the dollar store children's headphones. And that's where I got to go tonight. So it sounds like I am screaming at myself in a cave currently. But hey, they work. And like I said, the more you spend, the more you got to deal with. These are like 2 bucks. And do they work great? No, they work actually pretty terrible, but they work. The other ones don't. I digress. Once again, apologies for the delays, but we are here. 105 of you are joining me right now. Make that 109 and growing as we speak here on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, Facebook, wherever you may be watching. Make sure to hit that like button for me. Really appreciate it. Subscribe if you haven't already. I know the majority of you of course have, but if you haven't, you're going to want to do so. Season's right around the corner. We're going to have you covered nonstop. Ring that bell. Of course, as always, we have so much content coming your way. And if you ring that bell, you will stay up to date with all of it. Plenty to get into tonight. Tons of stuff. The 53-man roster will be finalized tomorrow. So a lot going into that. Potential trades. Who knows? Who knows? cuts inevitable we will know tomorrow the official roster going into week one for the buffalo bills as well as every team in the nfl we will touch on that during the show thumbnail of course we will talk about last night's egregious egregious nfl top 100 final ballot josh allen missing the top 10 i have plenty of questions to the to anybody involved in the list making process which is all of the NFL players, are they seeing something we're not? Egregious. We'll get into that throughout the show. And then to cap it off, after a tough week, I thought we could use some fun to end the show. And you know me. I'm I'm all about having fun. and I'm all about good eats. And I'm all about my Buffalo Bills. Figured, hey, cap the show off tonight. We'll combine all three. I got the new, this just in, Josh Allen seasoning. So we got chili lime. We got classic Cajun. And we got Buffalo wing. And now, of course, you know, the only way to test these out properly would be to do so on some chicken wings. Went ahead and got some of those. And as the show caps off this evening, we will dive into the taste test. Does Josh Allen seasoning live up? Is it as good as he is on the field? Is it better than the 13th overall player in the NFL? We'll find out at the end of the show. But before we get into anything tonight, I want to touch on, of course, the biggest story out of Buffalo this whole week. And that is the matter is a story. Now, I'm not going to spend much time on this at all. And the reason for that is because I don't think it's necessary. It's done. It's over with. The only reason I want to touch on it is because I have not been able to speak on it since it occurred. I was on with you last week. All this went down this weekend. And by the time I came on with you here, uh, it has been handled in regard to the bill's involvement within it. What I'm getting at here you know, to kick things off, of course, is just me saying, hey, I want to move on as much as you guys do, and that's what we're going to do. I thought the best way to describe the situation from my perspective, I feel like a lot of our perspectives, the way we feel, is kind of what Deion Dawkins had to say when he was asked about the situation. I thought he summarized it perfectly, and I thought he could do a much better job of recapping how they feel in the locker room, because ultimately that is what matters the most. So, here is Deion Dawkins going to share what he had to say today about the situation. And I ultimately found myself relating to it a lot because I think all of us as a fan base want to move on after a really tough week here. Uh, you know, to be a Bills fan, it was rough. Here's Deion Dawkins, courtesy of uh, Alex uh, Brasky from Batavia Daily. This is his video on Twitter of Deion Dawkins responding to the situation with Matt Areza over the past week. Come on now, don't leave me hanging. There we go. It's
2: totally. over. It's done. It's not affecting us. We're one to the next. You know, it's it's done. It's not here. It's not a problem. It's done. As a team leader, how had how did you navigate the, the last four days or whatever with, with you know communicating with the team? Um, Know, expressing your opinions, your, everything like that. How, how did that all? Yeah, it's, it's more so just control what you can, you know, like, we're not law enforcement officers, we're not judges, we're not lawyers. Like, we don't deal with any of that stuff. We try to just focus on ball. Focusing on the ball is already more than enough for us to handle. And then we have our families to handle and we got our kids and we have our managers and our marketing and all of this stuff, like, we're a group of, of men that have realized that we can only con- control what and we can. And um, we simply are just worrying about us. You know, like we understand about the situation coach spoke spoke to us about the situation and uh, we had practice today. So we had to just focus on practice and that's what was next. So on to the, the, the next piece of our schedule. Cause you know, we're scheduled guys. We live on schedule. So we're on that, that and the next slot on our schedule. Yeah, same by the way um right. the uh the whole idea of compartmentalizing because i'm sure a lot of these conversations go home where you're talking about it with, oh, her, yeah. with your loved ones like what what is what is how hard is that to you know shut the brain off it, it's it's hard you know because like i have three kids i have two i have two girls and a son so you know anytime where anything happens like a as a guy like like you get just just that thought like damn like i got kids i got i got sisters i got moms i got daughters like you never know so the thoughts always come but you like you just gotta just try to keep your mind right and not think about stuff that you really can't control because if you think about all of the rest of the messed up stuff that goes on in this world you'll literally mouth
0: That's Deion Dawkins, courtesy of Alex Braisky over at Batavia Daily. And I thought what he had said there essentially encapsulates what I think a lot of us are feeling right now. And we're past it. We're over it. We would like to move on from this situation. Because, of course, last week it was a very tough situation. Not going to spend much time on it at all. Like I said, I want to get past it. I'm sure all you do, too. Just wanted to weigh in as to what, of course, happened. Matt Areza no longer on the team, no longer a Buffalo Bill. He was cut 48 hours after all of this really came to light. The biggest issue, of course, I think that wound up coming to the surface was the fact that the Bills potentially knew about this situation prior to anybody else, and that to me is kind of what stood out the most, and that to me is what really, uh, from my perspective, was the toughest thing to understand. I couldn't understand why the Bills would want to go into the season risking this situation looming over their head. But then when Sean McDermott came out and spoke after the Carolina preseason game, you could tell he was distraught. And it was in that moment that I realized they might have known that there was a situation with Matt To me, it was blatantly obvious. They didn't seem to know the full extent. At least Sean McDermott didn't. It had come out that they were completely unaware of this during the draft process. And what we have found out since then is that the majority of the NFL was completely unaware of this during the draft process. There were only two teams that are currently unnamed that had any idea about the situation with Matt And those two that did know about the situation did not know the extent of the situation. Ultimately, the Bills found out how egregious this whole situation was. They found out all of the details surrounding it. And within 48 hours, they made the appropriate statements, and they moved on from Matt The situation itself, it's a lose-lose for everybody. It's a terrible, awful situation. There's no other way to put it. The only thing the Bills could do in this situation was move on. No matter what side of the fence you're on here, no matter how you view the situation, the Bills were not going to be able to go into this season and have this looming over their head. At the end of the day, this is Matt Areza's personal situation that he has to deal with. It is not the Bills' situation. And the Bills separating themselves from the situation was the only adequate solution. And that is exactly what they did. As soon as it all came to light, all of the details, they swiftly moved into action and moved on from Matt Areza. An awful situation. You don't wish it on anybody. Anybody? It's just awful, but ultimately it needs to be dealt with like Deion Dawkins said, you know, we're not a court of law here. We're not a judge. We're not involved in the criminal system. Neither are any of us fans. Neither is the management that needs to be put into the hands of those people who know how to deal with that stuff and who are adequately adequately prepped and prepared and capable of dealing with that stuff. It needs to be handled before it can be handled by some other organization, be it the bills or anybody. And that's where we stand today. And that, in, in my opinion, is why the Bills wound up moving off. It was the only proper response. It was the only way to be able to move into this season without a major dark cloud circulating them. Simple as that. So as we stand today, once again, Matt Areza, no longer a Buffalo Bill. I'm sure all of you know that by now. And as we sit right now, that's the last I'll speak on. This no longer affects... Any of us from a Bills fan standpoint, the Bills, like I mentioned, it is Matareza and Matareza alone's situation to deal with. And whatever comes of that is on him and the people involved. And that's that. We will be moving on from that because frankly, that's all I have to say on the matter. And I think by now everybody has, has gotten their fair share of, you know, they've gotten into it. They've gotten in, they've gotten out, they've read, they've read what they've needed to read. They made their opinions. They're they they they're on, you know, it, it is what it is now. But at the end of the day, like Deion Dawkins just said, we're moving on. We're over it. That's what we're going to do here. That's what I'm going to do here at the Buffalo Fanatics. So it is on to the season, which ultimately is exactly what needs to be the focal point here 10 days away. We have had such an incredible offseason and incredible hype going into this season. And I hope we can restore that. As we move forward, and I know I am geared up, ready to rock for the season. I know all you are, too, and that's the direction that we're going to head in. Uh, so as we head into this season, the Bills, as we move on here, we move on to looking at the best players in the league, of course, right? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that is what winds up being the, uh, the ultimate factor when it comes to a team's success. If you look at any given team, they have a laundry list of players, that are considered to be some of the best players in the NFL. And that is, of course, how they become so successful. A good way to measure that, at least based on how the players themselves view each other, is the NFL Top 100 list. Now, like any list, you have to take it with a grain of salt. The reason to me this one is so interesting is because it is formulated and concocted by the players themselves. And you actually get to get a read as to how the players view each other. And is it similar to how we view them as fans, how the media views them? It is a unique perspective. When you look at Josh Allen this entire offseason, it has been nothing but him either being the, the best quarterback in the league or very, very close to it. I have yet to see a list that has Josh Allen outside of the top four and ultimately here in the NFL top 100 he wasn't outside of the top four when it comes to quarterbacks he was the fourth but he wound up being outside of the top 10 players absolutely shocking so let's get into it Josh Allen number 13 in the NFL top 100 list that just came out last night they did number 20 through number one and let me just start off by saying this and I think anybody who has watched the game, Bill's fan or not, would agree. There are not 12 players in the NFL better than Josh Allen currently. Simply not. You'd, you'd be lucky to name me off five players better than Josh Allen right now, much less 12. But according to this list, he was the 13th best player in the NFL Based on his peers perspective, let me list off the players in which were ahead of Josh Allen in this list. Number 12, Derek Henry, number 11, miles Garrett, 10, George Kittle, nine, Jalen Ramsey, eight, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, another just total misfire. In my opinion, seven better players than Patrick Mahomes currently. No way. Number seven, Devonte Adams, six, T.J. Watt, five, Jonathan Taylor, four, Cooper Cup, three, Aaron Rodgers, two, Aaron Donald, and number one at 45 years old, Tom Brady. For the fourth time in his career, Tom Brady, number one on the list. So as I look at this list, there was a few things that I took away from it. Some positive and some just it is what it is. Here's one positive I take away from the from Josh Allen being snubbed out of the top 10. Finally, some humble pie this offseason. As I was just talking about, everything to do with this Bill season was hype train million miles an hour with no brakes. That's all it's been all offseason. You haven't heard a bad thing. All you've heard is is Super Bowl favorites, Josh Allen, MVP favorites. This team is as good as it gets, best roster, the list goes on and on. For the first time, I think all offseason, somebody, or a culmination of people, rather, disagreed to some extent. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that this tells us a lot. Josh Allen being at number 10 is telling based on the fact that Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes are within the top 10. Allen still seems to be on the fringe, so to speak. Although he is considered to be one of the most dominant players in the league and ultimately one of the most fun to watch, he's must-see TV, he has yet to earn the respect the others have to the fullest extent. Now, of course, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he has not won a ring yet. The other three have. That's totally understandable. But when it comes to these lists, I don't think that that's all, I don't think that that's baked in. What I do think's baked in is the play that we've seen consistently from Mahomes, from Brady, from Rodgers. I mean, Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes could have laid an egg last year. To me, they're still going to be in the top 10, especially Brady and Rodgers. Those are just two players, and as you see these lists being made by the players currently, they get younger and younger compared to where Brady and Rodgers are in their career. These are guys that looked up to these guys growing up, and as you see them still compete at the highest level, it's almost impossible to not rank them in your top five. I think that those guys are baked in. And then, of course, Mahomes. Similar to Allen, you could argue last year, Mahomes did not have as good of a year as we're used to. The year prior for Allen from last year, it was a better year for Allen. I think we forget that because of what we were left with in the playoffs. And that was some of the best football we have ever seen at the quarterback position. The last thing we saw from Josh Allen last season was two consecutive games in the playoffs of some of the most dominant, incredible quarterback play we've seen. This list was made prior to the playoffs. This list tells me that the way the players see these guys, the other three are baked into the top 10 as of right now. Allen is right there on the fringe, but there's there's things that still need to be proven. Maybe that is getting over that hump and winning the whole thing, or maybe that's consistently showing dominant play. Because I'll tell you this, if Josh Allen can channel the type of play that he displayed in the playoffs, It will be 100% unarguable. Top five player, anybody who leaves him out of that top five should never have a vote in anything. What we saw from Josh Allen against the Patriots, what we saw from Josh Allen against the Chiefs, it was, and I, I can't stress this enough, it was some of, if not the best quarterback play we have ever seen. The thing of it is, however, we didn't see that all that much prior to that. Even us Bills fans couldn't believe what we were watching. Yes, we knew Allen, top four quarterback, no doubt about it. We've seen him pull off some incredible things. I don't think we saw that before. That, of course, is what has you so excited going into this season. I've said this multiple times throughout the offseason here. If Allen can channel that type of play even four to five times this coming season, you're still getting some of the greatest quarterback play you've ever seen for a quarter of the season. What Allen did in the playoffs put him on notice. Did you notice, not to say notice twice in a row there, but did you notice the second that Chiefs game ended, despite losing, it was Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen from everybody. That's when the talk started coming out about Josh Allen being better than Patrick Mahomes. We had no reason to think so, right? At least the vast majority of the outside world didn't. Obviously, plenty of Bills Mafia would be willing to risk their, their reputation, their uh, their their mental capacity, whatever you want to put in there, on the fact that Allen was better than Mahomes. But you never really heard it from anybody outside of the Bills fan base. But then that game happened, and people just realized that might have been the greatest game I've ever witnessed. That might have been the greatest quarterback battle I've ever witnessed. And then Josh Allen really started to ascend to the top of these lists, and. It is what I think led him to be the MVP favorite going into this season. But as we look at last season, there were several games that were less than stellar. And I agree with anybody when it comes to talking about the fact that Mahomes had several of those games last year as well. Despite it being before the playoffs, we saw Rogers snooze fest for him in the playoffs. You have to take these things into consideration. Had it been after the playoffs as Rogers, all the way up on the list where he's at potentially just because of what he has already earned in the league. But I think if you were to go back and look at the playoff performances, there might be a a, a vast differential in this list for maybe Aaron Rodgers. I think definitely for Josh Allen, but after those two playoff games, Allen was already an ascending superstar. I think we, we overlook sometimes how much that really meant For Josh Allen's pop culture type representation those two games both national games both playoff games with everything on the line and that's when he decided to play two of the best games we've ever seen in just those two games he skyrocketed on everybody's list and on everybody's radar so I think if you base it on the last regular season yeah you look at you look at the Pittsburgh game not good You look at the Colts game, not good. The Jaguars game, I won't even speak on it. Yes, handful of games where Allen did not look like one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But every quarterback has that. What we didn't get in the regular season is flashes of two games in which we saw against the Chiefs and the Patriots. We saw bits and bops of it, of course. And at times you saw more than other games, but we had never saw the Patriots and Chiefs game, where that play, that dominant, unbelievable, must see quarterback play, was dealt out by Allen from snap one to quadruple zeros on the scoreboard when the game ended. And I'm telling you this I don't put much stake into these lists. Anybody who looks at this list, who watches football, and who knows these players knows damn well there is not 12 players in the league better than Josh Allen. They know damn well he's top 10 at the very least. But to make that completely unarguable, because clearly there were enough players in this league to not think he was a top 10 player, to make that completely unarguable, if Josh Allen goes out this season and puts on display what we saw in the playoffs, it won't even be a debate anymore. And frankly, I'm okay with going into the season, having him be left off this list. You can say it's bulletin board material. I mean, hell, yesterday I posted a picture of me putting a chip on my shoulder. It's because I like to joke around. And it was the first thing I thought of. I go, oh, well, and that's what I know. Zach Vaughn thought of this. A few of the boys thought of this, where it's like a oh, bulletin board material, top 10 material, put, put it all over, the, put it all over the, uh, the facility, right? Chip on the shoulder for Josh Allen, extra motivation. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But the way I look at it from a fan perspective, the way we were going into this season with everything just being tip-top towards the top of every single list you can imagine, we're not used to that at all. And most teams who are in that position, it is a very, very tough thing to go into the season with. When you go into the season with the expectations the Bills currently have, I mean, it is very hard to deliver on them. And I'm not saying this list takes away from the expectations that have been set up for the Bills. I'm just saying... I am not irate over the fact that there is one list, the last list before going into the season that just so happens to throw a little salt on top of the bills on top of Josh Allen. Cause Hey, the only person who knows Josh Allen better than anybody is himself. And he's used just about everything in the book to try and propel himself to be the best quarterback he could be. Maybe he does. the does use this. I don't know. But the way I look at it from a fan perspective, yeah, of course, it pisses me off. It's ridiculous. And like I keep reiterating, I mean, anybody with eyes who understands the game of football is well aware. Josh Allen, top 10, no debate. I mean, come on. It's just not even debatable. But I think in order to get everybody on that mindset, if we see him play the way he did, case closed, and I really do think we have no reason to doubt that we will see much more of that this coming season. Now we know the capability. And I still don't think we know the ceiling, but we know that Allen can string together some of the best football we've ever seen for four quarters back-to-back. Now, we're not going to get that every game, and you shouldn't expect that. But there's no reason to expect that we don't get that at some point throughout the season, multiple times throughout the season. And I think that if one thing could have happened when it came to this stupid list going into the season that could potentially benefit Buffalo, maybe this was it. Because you do look at these lists, and there's so many things that go into it that make you want to confirm your own bias or argue against others. The, the team that had the most players on their top 10 list, the L.A. Chargers, they had eight. No other team had eight. The L.A. Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year. Now, of course, they added J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. The numbers are inflated. But the Bills had five. But there's going to be players that the Bills currently have on their roster that don't touch these lists. But it's a matter of who cares. They're an integral part of winning games for this team. When Tredavious White gets back, of course. Gabriel Davis, of course. And Josh Allen being left outside of the top 10, I think it just shows you where he's currently at. He's right there as far as The grand scheme of things are concerned, but the odd thing to me is, you know, Josh Allen, he's yet to really have a national commercial campaign. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is on every single commercial. You see Brady's got a million commercials. Rogers has a million commercials. I think we're on our way there. That to me is what I mean when I say fringe. He's right there, right? He's right there. He's just not, he's not currently solidified into the superstardom yet. And it seems as though that that mentality is being shared amongst NFL players. And perhaps that's why he's left out of the top 10, not necessarily his play, but the fact that the other quarterbacks have baked in their spot within that top 10. If Allen consistently keeps this up, if he delivers upon what he showed us last week, this coming or last year, this coming season. We're going to see a lot more of Allen being the face of the NFL, along with Patrick Mahomes, than I have anticipated he's going to become. He's right there. He's already taken strides towards being it. I think this coming season will be huge in sort of the perspective of locking that in for Josh Allen. I think it happens. And it's just one more thing to look forward to. Cannot wait. So that list, put it behind you. It pissed me off. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Bingo Primo, like Primo coming in here saying, "Hey, give Josh Allen Bakers progressive commercial, Josh Allen. Like he's just, he's I think he'd be perfect. And you see what happens here. When you win, you get the deals, right? When you're at the top of the league and you are on a, a winning team, a team that goes the distance, right? You get these deals. Case in point, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford plays his whole career in Detroit. Throughout his career, he was always up there as far as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Goes to L.A. one year, wins the whole thing, and now he's got every AT&T commercial you see he has got Matt Stafford on him. So I just think one more year with Allen consistently playing at that high level while also showing us what he, what he displayed in the playoffs, expect to see a lot of Allen everywhere, not just within Buffalo. That is for damn sure. It, was, it pissed me off at first, of course. It's almost like it's almost like if you're if you had a kid, and he was if they had this. This actually happened to me. This literally happened to me. Story time, I guess. It's not necessarily the same, but it, it kind of shows you how you feel and how it can motivate you. I was playing basketball when I was in middle school. Not a very good basketball player, but I could shoot. I had a good I had a good jumper. That was about it. You were not going to see me drive the lane at all. But I tried out for the basketball team, middle school, loved playing CYO, loved playing basketball. My main sport was lacrosse. I wasn't a huge basketball guy, but I did love playing it. And I anticipated playing it as long as I could middle school. I try out for the team. And ironically enough, I think looking back on it, I was number 13. We were all numbered. We were all numbered on the court. So that way the coaches had an easier time deciding who to keep on the team. And, I, I, and then the more I think about it now, I'm almost positive I was number 13 on this list, which makes it even more hilarious. So we do the tryouts for a week. And then at the end of the last practice, the last practice of tryouts, they posted a sheet on the wall at the end of it. And you'd go over. And if your number was on the sheet, you made the team. If it wasn't, you weren't. So I go over to the list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14. Not on the team. Not on the team. And it totally sucked. It totally sucked. And that feeling, I got to imagine, is probably what you feel when you think that you're, you know, you're there, you're doing really well and you're not. The only big difference here, of course, is Josh Allen is that good. I sucked. So if I was actually good at basketball and was snubbed off that list, it probably would have made me want to work even harder. I just finally said, Hey, I'm hanging up the shoes. Not good at this. I'm going to just pick the stick back up with Alan. Maybe you look at this and be like, okay, okay. I see what I got to do. I got to do more. Cause if you had a kid, right? Like my parents, when I left that facility, they were distraught. They were way more distraught than I was. They were way more distraught that I didn't make that basketball team than I was honest to God. I really couldn't have cared. It sucked. But after like a day, I'm like, "Ah, whatever, who cares? I'm like, I'm like 13 years old and there's a new South Park episode on tomorrow night and I just really don't care. My guess, Alan probably looks at this list and feels the way I did. And we're the parents in this situation. My parents couldn't believe, it. oh, my God, It's so oh, he didn't make the team. Oh, how is he going to do it? How is he going to get over it? Oh, this is going to be such a pinnacle moment in his life. It's going to ruin him. I didn't care. My guess, to sum it all up with a bow, Josh Allen looks at this list. He doesn't care. And Bill's Mafia is the concerned, irate parents who were pissed that Josh Allen wasn't on that list when you walked out the door after tryouts. So Josh Allen, perhaps a little chip added to his shoulder to go into this season. Not that I think he needed any extra motivation, because I think he's been counted out his whole life, but it's not the worst thing in the world to have this thrown on top of you going into a season where the expectations for you are just absolutely through the moon. So that's enough on that list. We got plenty of more stuff to talk about tonight including what we witnessed on Friday, not going to be able to get too much into that game on Friday because I don't want to bore you to death. If you already watched that game, then you were bored to death to begin with. We'll talk a little bit about what we saw bills versus Panthers. And then we'll really get into the things that matter right now. And that is the 53 man roster. We'll talk about the punter situation and what the bills are going to wind up doing to fill that spot. And we'll also touch on a potential trade rumor that we heard today that right before I came on the show, was debunked but does it give us insight as to what the current state of the Bills running back locker room is I think it does to some degree but before we get into all of that fantasy football right around the corner I got a draft tomorrow night I can't wait this is the primo time to start your drafts because the preseason is over and the next live action football is our Buffalo Bills baby Thursday night the NFL season opens up next week you got to get your draft done before then everybody's healthy that you can draft right now it's the perfect time to do it and the perfect place to do it is with our friends over at dynasty owner because they whoop, didn't mean to play that i don't even know what that was uh but the perfect place to do it of course is over with our new friends at dynasty owner because they have the coolest platform out there and nobody's doing fantasy better than them quick word from our new friends over at dynasty Owner. dynasty owner is the best way to play fantasy football get inside the mind of an nfl gm as you use real nfl markets and off-season moves to make your dynasty owner team the best in the league download the dynasty owner app on the app store or google play today you've never experienced fantasy football quite like this Dynasty owner, make sure to go check them out. App Store, Google Play Store, all that good stuff. Get ready for fantasy football. I know I could not be more excited. Love it. Can't wait. Like I told you, when I did my dynasty draft, I think it was, what, last week, two weeks ago, I took Allen. You know, I saw something on ESPN earlier, by the way. This really stood out to me. Maybe another reason why we should be confident in our run game this year. But they said that uh, the powers that be, if you will, uh, that are fantasy football experts, say Josh Allen is not a go-to pick this year for fantasy. I, I big-time disagree, but I think the reasoning was probably because they anticipate the Bills running the ball a little bit more this year, but I still went with Allen. Why wouldn't you? So, Friday night, Bills, Panthers. The Bills' 10-game preseason win streak snapped. Ugh. got to just wipe the tears from my eyes. I'm just so beat up over it. Yeah. I mean, it was what it was. What do you, what did you expect? The bills didn't play a single starter. The Panthers played theirs. Baker Mayfield has got to go out on that field and have something to prove. And you just kind of knew from the beginning, the bills were dealing with all the off field distraction stuff going into that game to begin with. They weren't going to play a starter. Carolina was going to play theirs. It was going to be a disaster from the get go. And I went back and watched it. I don't think the score necessarily indicates just how bad – or I don't think the score necessarily indicates uh, how bad it might seem. I mean, I I went back and watched. It really wasn't all that bad. There were some good things to take away if you missed it. 21-0 Panthers win Friday night in the Bills' last preseason game of the year. A couple things that stood out to me – there was so little that you could really take away from this game. Like I said, bills are playing the Panthers uh, starters well into the second quarter of this game. The bills weren't playing any starters. There wasn't going to be a whole lot. You were going to learn from this one. Um, a few things that took away that I enjoyed. If you look at it, I'm more than fine with the outcome being two t- two scoring drives for Baker Mayfield out of four drives against the bills, Second defense. Two for four, I'm taking that. In the first drive, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers go three and out. And Kair Elam with another incredible defensive play on third down. We have seen him now make multiple of these type of plays throughout the offseason. Another one. Uh when you looked at the game in totality, as far as when Baker Mayfield was out on the field, I thought the pressure looked pretty good. From the Bills' defense, I thought the run D didn't look bad at all. They gifted them a touchdown off the Case Keenum batted interception, and the other touchdown that the uh, Carolina Panthers wound up scoring had to come on fourth down. The Bills stood tall on three straight rushes from about the two or one yard line, forcing Baker to have to score on uh, fourth down. And then you know they score another touchdown late in the game, mid third quarter, and then they never touch the uh, end zone again. Didn't expect much from the Bills' offense in this particular game. You're playing against the Panthers' ones. There isn't a whole lot to gain here. The majority of this roster, especially on offense, is locked in at this point. We'll get into that, of course, later on. But I don't know. It never really seemed to me like this game had. With other teams, there's a lot to prove, especially younger teams especially teams that have a lot of different areas to fill. When you look at the bills currently right now, yeah, I mean, there are fringe guys that can potentially make the team by tomorrow or be left off. But for the most part, we know on this current roster, what's locked up and it's the majority of it. A few positions, you know, you could talk about the running back. Are they going to keep four? If they do, you know, who gets left off? Are they going to keep seven wide receivers? Um, there's different areas you can look at. And of course there are fringe guys, but by the time that game rolled around on Friday night, I don't know if anybody really separated themselves any more than they already had up until that one. And based on the circumstance, I, I just think 21, nothing. Yeah. It looks like they got destroyed. It just didn't seem all that bad to me. They got a gift touchdown off that interception from Keenum. And then, and then on fourth down, they had to, uh, they had to punch it in. They had already gone three straight downs right on the one there without being able to get in the end zone. They score a, a a late one in the third and then nothing else. So not a whole lot that I'm looking at from that game that I take away, positive or negative, really. I just think that that game was what it was. Get it out of the way. Get through the weekend and then ultimately focus in on the L.A. Rams. And that's where we sit currently. But before we can get to the Rams game, the 53-man roster has to be solidified. And uh, that is going to happen by tomorrow at 4 p.m. Now, um, when it comes to the roster, one of the biggest stories out today was the potential for Zach Moss to be traded. Those circulated around mid-afternoon today, maybe a little earlier, that uh, Zach Moss could potentially be a guy that the Bills move on from in order to cut the team roster down to 53, but right around 6 20 PM tonight, Aaron Wilson, uh, an NFL reporter puts out that the Buffalo bills are not interested in trading running back Zach Moss odds of trading him are zero per a league source. When I had heard that there were aspects of it that made a bit of sense to me. Others made it seem to me or the other thought process I had surrounding it was, I guess you could do it, but is the juice really worth the squeeze would you rather keep Moss around than get what might be a fifth, sixth round pick, potentially a fourth rounder at the highest? That's kind of how I saw that deal going down. If it did, I think the fact that Zach Moss was even being touted as a, uh, a player that could be moved on from, I think it tells us there, there is a certain amount of confidence right now in Devin Singletary and James Cook. Singletary has impressed a lot this offseason we saw him really come on last year and i think that what we've seen currently from the offseason and the preseason here he's looking to carry that in and then the bills go second round and take james cook and you don't draft a guy that high to have him sit around and based on what he's shown us he very easily could be an every down back and i look at those two guys to be the two players that spearhead the rushing attack this year and alternate the, the majority of the snaps. Yes, I think Zach Moss does get involved to some extent, but when we're talking about the run game here, I more or less believe that it's going to be those two that are going to be cycling through the majority of the snaps. If they were willing to move off of Moss, I think that the fact that we looked at it and said that it was it, it could happen tells us as well where we're where we're standing on the situation, right? I think we as fans looked at it, I don't necessarily want to lose Zach Moss. But I think when we looked at it, we we're like, oh, well, OK, if the, if the uh, draft capital is enough, fine. And I think that tells us how we view it based on what we've seen from the Russian game this preseason. And we know not all of this translates to the regular season. The majority of it oftentimes doesn't. But what we have seen, I think, is vastly different than what we've seen from the run game in years past. It just looks fresher. It looks quicker. And it looks like a run game that we can rely on more this coming season. Uh, It didn't surprise me the fact that there could be a potential trade because you wonder if Bean looked at it and said, well, if we're going to give the snaps, uh, the majority of the snaps to Singletary and James Cook, we might as well move off of Moss and get compensation while we can. I mean, he looked fantastic this preseason. Plenty of teams that definitely need a running back. So, you know, it made sense. Okay, he looked great. It's kind of like what they just did with Cody Ford. Cody Ford looked decent in his last preseason game with the Bills. They move off of him the following day. It did make sense to a certain extent, but I'm fine with them keeping Zach Moss. I loved what I've seen from him in the preseason here. And as I witnessed what he was bringing to the table this preseason, I was looking forward to how that was going to translate on the field. And I think that if you go into the year with those three guys, James Cook, Zach Moss, and Devin Singletary, I think it's a good core. I think it's a good rotation. And if it looks anything like we've seen this preseason here, I am stoked to see how the running game winds up being different than what we've seen in years past, especially with Ken Dorsey. You have a new addition in James Cook and you have Ken Dorsey. How much different will the run game be? How much better will it be? Because I think everybody here is anticipating that it is going to be better. We're going to get more into the 53 man in just a minute, but before we do, we got to talk about the one position currently for the bills right now that is voided. There is nobody other than of course, Bitcoin Barkley, Matt Barkley, perhaps the best punter we've seen in some time, Matt Barkley. How about a shout out to Matt Barkley, by the way, assuming the position Friday night, going into a role that is just unheard of, a quarterback punting the ball. And, hell, it wasn't all that bad. He had that one punt that was essentially a coffin corner. He put it down in the eight-yard line. You got to tip your cap to Matt Barkley. That was just so cool to see him step up to the plate, go in there. I mean, it couldn't be easy. When's the last time the guys kicked the ball? That was awesome. But right now, after all the situation, you know, this past weekend and, and, and whatnot, the bills are currently punter list. And I think that instead of making a move immediately, they are going to wait, which they have, obviously, by now, this is all but fact at this point, they're waiting to see how the 53 man rosters pan out to decide who their next punter is going to be and who they are going to make uh, a move on. And they've already started this process. It's just a matter of time now as to who they decide to go with. So the bills up until this point have already worked out, Four different punters. They worked out Ty Long, the former punter from the Chargers, Michael Pilardi. Uh, he was with the Panthers from six, uh, 2016 to 2020, Miami in 2021. Then Tyler Newsom, they worked out. He's actually never punted in the regular season before. They worked him out. And then Joseph Charleston or Charlton, excuse me, he's played for two teams in two years and he suffered a back injury, which ended his tenure with his previous team. So those are the four punters the Bills have currently already had in for a workout. But based on what we're hearing over the last couple of days, makes you wonder why either of those four guys even be in contention. We've seen two other guys emerge one in particular, that seems to be the favorite amongst the Bills fans. The other guy, Marquette King. Now Marquette King, he was a household name for a while as a punter. Six seasons with the Ra- uh, the Raiders. Some great years when he was with the Raiders. He led the NFL in punt yards in 2014. He was second team all pro in 2016, but he hasn't played in the NFL since 2018. His career ended with the Raiders. Weird situation. He never retired. He was kind of blacklisted from the NFL. John Gruden had issues with his personality uh, which is odd because a lot of people have issues with John Gruden's personality. So that's just, uh, you could take that with as big a grain of salt as you can imagine. Even so, Marquette King has not played in the NFL since 2018, but when he did, he was a force. And in, uh, on Twitter, he was, you know, he held nothing back. He he puts out on Twitter and says, hey, Buffalo, I want a ring. Let's make it happen. And uh, according to sources, Marquette King has been in contact with the Bills. Uh, up until now, they haven't worked him out like the other four that I have mentioned, but he has been in contact with the Bills. So they are doing their due diligence. They are going through and looking at everybody. But the one guy that has just emerged and more or less seems to be the guy that everybody amongst Bills Mafia right now currently wants, and for good reason, it's Brett Kern, the former, now former, as of today, Tennessee Titan. Punter Brett Kern had been with the Titans since 2009, and he was terrific during his time there. 13 seasons with Tennessee, three straight Pro Bowl appearances, a first-team All-Pro selection in 2019. The reason the Titans moved off of him, not because he isn't a great punter, it's because they had an undrafted uh, an undrafted player in Ryan Stonehouse emerge as a shocking force at the punting position. I mean, uh, Kern even admitted to uh, admitted to the media, he said, uh, you know, Stonehouse is a hell of a punter in more or less, you know, that, that type of terms. Other words, he seemed understanding of the fact, I mean, it makes sense. Brett Kern's getting up there in age 13 seasons with the team. Uh, You're it's, it's kind of a no brainer situation for Tennessee. You're getting an undrafted guy who's going to be much cheaper than Brett Kern. Um, you can sign him for pennies on the dollar compared to what you were going to have to pay Brett Kern. They freed up a decent amount of cap space there. And at the end of the day, when it got down to brass tacks, Brett Kern also, um, he was also doing better as far as statistics were concerned. In regard to actually punting so no brainer situation, it seemed right there for Tennessee, although it was tough for them to make the decision because Brett Kern had been with them for so long, and he had been so good with them during that time. Uh, I read in the Democrat and Chronicle earlier this afternoon, that Brett Kern was eighth all time in NFL history with punts inside the 20-yard line and the 19th all-time as far as punt average is concerned, 45.9 yards per attempt. So he is free and clear right now, no longer a Tennessee Titan as of this afternoon, and sources have confirmed that the Bills have wasted no time. They have already reached out to him, so... You got to think there is really no time to waste here. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills got something done by tomorrow, but at the very least, by the end of the week here, the Bills will have a new punter. It's just a matter of who. I think Brett Kern makes the most sense. It could be a bit more pricier than the others. But the Bills did want an upgraded punter, that's for sure. And even with a razor gone after drafting him, I think others... if if the situation came down to where a wasn't on the team, the bills fan base still wanted a different punter other than Matt Hawk. And if you're able to get a guy in Brett Kern for at least this season, until you're able to figure out another situation, if you can get a guy who's been a first team, all pro three straight pro bowl selections and all time great at the position, I guess, why not? Why not take a, take a stab at it. And that's exactly what they're trying to do as of right now. Um, now, of course there could be another selection out of all those names I've listed. I mean, there are plenty of other punters that have been named as far as availability. So it'll be interesting at the end of the day. I don't anticipate the bills punting all that much this coming season. Anyways, with as good as this offense is and as ballsy as Sean McDermott has shown that he is with the play calling and his faith in Josh Allen in this offense. It's not something that I'm overwhelmingly concerned about. I would like to have a punter that you can trust, but It's just something that really isn't going to keep me up at night. So it'll be interesting to see who they go with and how that guy winds up panning out. And maybe I'll eat my words when it comes down to a situation that really screws us over. But until then, I'm just really not all that concerned about it. I am not going to lose sleep over the bills, lack, uh, you know, lack of success in the punting department. As of right now, they're going to figure it out. And whoever they bring in is an NFL punter at the end of the day. Maybe he's not the golden leg but he's still an NFL punter. And in our current situation where I don't anticipate us needing a punter nearly as much as another team might, it's going to work itself out. So to me, nothing to stress about here. There seems to be plenty of good candidates, decent at the very least. And I trust the bills organization to wind up finding a guy that will fill that role adequately for the coming season. And then after that, who knows, They'll figure it out then as well. But this coming season, by the end of the week, I would anticipate a new guy will be, uh, you know, on the roster at the very latest. You'd have to think by like Wednesday, Thursday, By the time Thursday rolls around, you're a week away. I mean, you got to get a guy in there quick. And I'm sure that that is the top priority right now. Get a guy in as soon as you can, but at the same time, make sure it's the guy that you want. Um, And based on this list of options right now, they can do their due diligence. They just don't have a ton of time to do it. So we'll see maybe tomorrow we wind up getting a new punter, but by the end of the week here at the very latest we will have a new guy kicking the ball for the Bills and hopefully it's a guy we do not see on the field all that much at all. Uh so that's the punter situation taken care of, the 20 minute or so uh Zach Moss trade rumor that lasted today until that was debunked and that leads us all the way up into uh the overall 53 man roster projection. And nobody knows the roster better than my man my producer Evan Harrington, who I'm gonna bring on right now. Evdog, what is up, brother? Thanks for hopping out.
3: What's going on? Uh, yo. So speaking of the punter, real quick, right?
0: Yeah, let's hear it.
3: I actually had one guy that potentially could, you know, take the reins uh for the Buffalo Bills' new punting job. That's but not earlier, named Matt Barkley, I believe right? that is not named Matt Barkley, and you're okay. absolutely okay. correct about that. All right. So A guy who played for the Denver Broncos, I'm pretty sure he was either earlier released today, I'm pretty sure, Sam Martin, who was top five in punting statistics all throughout this past season. I think he's a potential candidate for the Bills to bring in, and I know you mentioned the Bills aren't going to be punting a whole lot, and I definitely agree with that. But Sam Martin, top five in punting statistics throughout this past season, I mean, that's as as good as you're going to get. You know from a punter, so what's his situation? And guess,
0: he was beat out by a guy free agent. What's the current situation with him?
3: So, I'm just reading this from Ian Rappaport. I don't know exactly all why he was, you know, released. Uh, he could okay. have been beat out, or I don't know if he had an injury or something, but it seemed like he he was fine. Like, you know, it just seemed overall he was fine. And like Ian Rappaport stated here, Broncos punter Sam Martin is being released today. By Denver, as he refused a pay reduction. There it is, a pay reduction. He, okay. oh, uh, God, he wanted a little more money, and they released him because you know he didn't want to take, um, you know, the certain money they were they wanted him to take. Uh, but he was a top five punter statistically in 2021 and set Broncos all time records for net punting last season. So he's going to have a lot of interest, and if there's a team that's going to be interested in said punter Sam Martin, the Buffalo Bills are going to be you know that team to jump all over that. And I get the Brett Kern thing. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go big or go home with a punter like the Bills try to do with Ariza, you're gonna to try to do this with Sam Martin. Sam yep. Martin statistically was a top five punter last year. No knock on Kern, but I think this is the next level up.
0: Yeah, that's 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 an awesome point, and I think that what you just said really stood out to me when you said the Bills wanted to go big or go home. I see people in the chat right now. You know, you don't want to pay too much for a punter. Why do this? Why do that? Well, the Bills current the 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 way they stand right now, this past season, I mean, they really seem to be in a position where they wanted to go out and get a punter that they could rely on. You don't draft a punter like you do, unless you are of that mindset. I mean, I think I went back and looked the other day. There's only been about 30 or so punters all time drafted overall at all in this league. So it's pretty unprecedented to draft a punter the way the bills did. They obviously wanted to upgrade there. And like I said, you have a decent list as of right now that you can choose from. Is it the best of the world? Potentially not. But I think when you mix that in with the fact that the Bills are a team that is relying on the punter like a lot of other teams might be, you have the ability to get a guy that maybe he's not the best, but he can be an adequate fit for right now until you're able to address it long-term. Now, like what you're saying, if you can kill both those birds with one stone right now, and get a guy like Martin that you're talking about who is that potential future guy, and you can fill the void right now, sign me up. That sounds great.
3: Yeah. I actually wonder how old Sam Martin is.
0: Yeah, because Brett Curran, I mean, 13th year, he's in his 30s. I mean, obviously, I don't know how much that he's weighs on a punter. But...
3: 32 years old. So, they're kind of the same age. You're not really splitting differences on age. I mean, punters can play into their late to mid-30s. So
0: Well, oh, I think I saw Brian Mormon post a video the other day. He was back out on the field. So, hey. I guess the uh, the option hey, the option list is a little longer than we thought it was potentially. That, I, nothing nothing would say Chef's Kiss on top of this coming season. Have like bringing Brian Warren back. That would be that would be absolutely awesome. Um, yeah. All right. Speaking of the roster, punter aside, there are plenty of other positions, of course, that need to be dealt with by the end of the day tomorrow. Four o'clock is the deadline to have the fifty-three man locked in. So, real quick, we'll just kind of go through what, of course, we already know. And that is Josh Allen, Case Keenum. That's locked in. Matt Barkley will be cut and then immediately brought back onto the practice squad. Uh, So that's out of the way. No secret there. Let's talk running back real quick, Ev, because today we thought there was potential for Zach Moss to be moved. We're learning just a few hours ago that that is not going to be the case. So the way I see it right now, based on what I've been reading, based on just what we've seen overall as well, the running back room should look like Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, and then you also keep Taiwan Jones and Gilliam. With that, you wind up cutting Raheem Blackshear, Duke Johnson. Does that sound accurate to you, or do you have a different lineup? So
3: that's pretty accurate to me. Uh, on the depth chart, I probably would have Zach Moss currently above James Cook right now, just because, mm-hmm. you know, veteran in the way they've been playing. Uh, but it, I don't want to get r- rid of Raheem Blackshear. I, I don't right, want to throw... You talent off this roster because you know you're coming into a season where you potentially have a shot to win the super bowl and you're throwing valuable talent off your roster and that's what the bills are gonna sadly have to do with a guy like as rico calls him radio raheem like you're gonna have to throw raheem blackshear off this roster potentially on your practice squad and potentially for another team to pick the guy up and it sucks but you know that's the tough business you are in when you are you know, a valuable high-end NFL franchise like the Buffalo Bills have been over the past two to three seasons, you're going to have to let, you know, a couple guys go that a couple years ago, you're you're saying hey, this guy's a starter, yep. but he sadly just does not have a place currently on this Buffalo Bills roster. And same thing with Duke Johnson.
0: Bingo. Well, I think you said that perfectly. You look at the, the Bills currently and you just, when you are this good, the one luxury you don't have is the ability to keep fringe guys. And I think Blackshear is one of those guys. He's looked awesome this offseason, this preseason. You cannot deny that. I mean, he has been a force. But when you look at the Bills' current lineup, the unfortunate reality is I don't really know where he fits in as far as playing time and roster is concerned. And a guy that is that good, there is potential for him to move on to another team that is desperate and is a team like you were just talking about that. Does not have that luxury of having the depth the Bills do and needs a guy like Blackshear to come in and actually play. A guy that I look at right now that I think is in a very similar situation is Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins is a guy that has looked real good this preseason, this offseason, but you just look at the Bills wide receiver room, who I already think they keep seven. Yes, he is a good player. There's just two problems. One, he has no special teams presence. And two, where's the playing time coming from? You have Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Crowder, Shakir, Kumaro, who stays, in my opinion, because of...
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: his presence in special teams and then um, and then Stevenson who I think that they keep around with the ability to put on the IR off of his foot injury if they decide to go that way but I see the bills keeping seven receivers and as good as Hodgins has been I see him on the outside looking in do you agree with that Ev? Oh,
3: man um, I think in my final roster prediction I had Isaiah Hodgins making the roster. Um, I, I just think when you're going into a season where it's kind of like all in mentality, you want as many weapons for a guy like Josh Allen. And I don't think Jake Kummer is a weapon. I mean, people are always like, you know, Jake Kummer is super reliable, consistent receiver. He's going to do the right things. He's caught one touchdown for the Bills over the last, what, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get it. You know, he's a good special teamer but how many special teamers can you have on this roster? Jake kumro isn't taking snaps. And I think if you're going to have another guy in this roster, at least let him develop a little bit at special teams. I know he hasn't had, you know, his, his fair share of great moments as a special teamer, but realistically, I think Isaiah Hodgins brings much more to the table offensively than a guy like Jake kumro does. I like Jake Kumro, I think he's a fine receiver, but at the same time, I think Isaiah Hodgins brings much more to the table than Jake kumro And I think, that if you keep a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, you can do more with your offense than you can do with a guy like Jake Kumro. I just don't think Jake Kumro overall is a overall
0: better receiver than Hodgins. I think he does more and brings more to the table. Yeah, nor do I. I mean, I definitely, when it, if it comes down to just the, the sheer ability to play the wide receiver position, I'm in on Hodgins all day. The, the issue I have, and I, I understand what you're saying, because... You know, the special teams situation often gets overlooked, and I know it's constantly harped on from the management as far as if you are a fringe guy, you have to be able to play on special teams. But when I look at Hodgins, as good as he could he could potentially be for this team, as good as he's shown he can be in this preseason, even with that, and, and this goes for Kumaro as well, where are they getting in this coming season unless there's a catastrophic injury that you hope does not wind up happening. I, I just, even with Kumaro, I think the reason you keep him is because of the ability to use him on special teams. You're not going to see him lining up with Allen much at all. With Hodgins, I think that's also the reality. It's just that you're not going to be able to put him in the special teams position when you have 53 roster spots and that's it to fill up. It's kind of back to the point we were making about Raheem Blackshear there. It's just an unfortunate reality of having this much talent, especially at the wide receiver position. Not many teams, or not most teams, rather, keep seven wide receivers. The Bills are already looking to do that without even keeping Isaiah Hodgins. So it's a, it, if they do wind up doing that, Evan, if they do wind up cutting Isaiah Hodgins, I'll tell you, it's not going to be an easy choice for them.
3: Yeah, and just one more point I have on the Hodgins take. Uh, I feel like if you let Hodgins go to the practice squad, let's say they cut Hodgins and Kumro's the sixth receiver. Hodgins is swooped up. He isn't staying in LA. No, he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. He's yeah. going to find a new team. He's going to sign on an active the team. People are
0: saying team. the Giants will have him gone immediately. Yeah. That's the team I keep hearing. Probably.
3: About. There's there's a chance that Isaiah Hodgins goes to the Giants. I think Isaiah Hodgins is good as gone if you let him off the practice squad. Here's the thing. Remember in Isaiah Hodgins' first training camp, he was looking better than a guy like Gabe Davis, who is now our number two wide receiver. And I, and I get the fact that you know, special teams is a big indicator and it is, but I just feel like the bills have enough depth players that can, I feel like one of our depth linebackers can step into the role of Jay Coomer on special teams. Like, I don't know, like should the bills just worry about one guy who plays special teams and doesn't add anything offensively, or would you rather have a guy that potentially has a shot to be a very good receiver in this league? Yep. And if something goes down with your receivers, Let's say Gabe Davis gets hurt. I, I, I'm not throwing the knock on wood. I don't want him to get hurt. One of our guys gets hurt. You need depth. And I, I don't think Jake Kumro's depth. I sadly don't. I, I just don't think at this point in time, Jake Kumro's depth. I think Isaiah Hodgins would do more if you threw him on the field over uh, Jake Kumro. So that like uh, you that's another agree with it.
0: It's just based on what they continuously harp on, which is this ability to play the special teams. That's why I go that way. I, I, it's, it's so funny, Ev. you know, you, you can't help but think just a handful of years ago when Calvin Benjamin was out there, Zay Jones, you know, a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, it, you're not even questioning the fact that he's not making this roster. And it's just back to this this weird reality that we have not been in all that long, and it's kind of tough to get used to. It's this reality of like, man, you know, really do like what that guy's got, but if there even is a but it's it's tough to do it it's tough to pull it off there's not a guy right now that's a that's a you know a fan of the bills who watched blackshirt this preseason who doesn't think there's potential there but you look at the depth and it's like how do you do it you look at hodgins man you've seen some great plays but you look at the bills wide receiver room and it it's just it's just tough and it's got to be tough for a player like him too because what more could he really have done this off season to prove that he would be worthy of a roster spot. That's the tough situation here, too. I mean, you you really look at a guy like him or a guy like Kumaro, and with with the talent ahead of you on the list, it's so tough to be able to go out there and and compete the way that they did knowing the odds are just incredibly stacked against you.
3: Yeah, overall, like you mentioned, there's not much more Isaiah Hodgins could have done to really solidify a spot for himself on this roster. I mean, he would have had to have been destroying everybody in camp day in and day out, yeah. having 100-yard preseason performances. He would have just have, have to have been like, you know, 20-20 stuff on days where he's literally just cooking every defensive back in his way. Exactly. But I think, I think Isaiah Hodgins has, in my opinion, I think he's done enough to make the Bills, you know, take a double look. Like, you know that one meme where the guy has the girl
1: and he oh, yeah. looks back at the he's other one.
3: Saves. This is this is yeah, this is Brandon Bean holding the hand of um, of Jake Kumerow, but he's he's looking back. He sees Isaiah Hodgins. I can see that man. That's that double take. Yep. And then guess what? I I, I think I think this is Isaiah Hodgins' time to shine. Uh, I think he looked good in the preseason performances that he had. I think he runs a full route tree fairly well, and I think he can do a lot of great things for the Bills. It's just a matter if you're going
0: to keep him on the roster or not. His name is definitely the one I'm going to be looking out for the most, I would say tomorrow. Let's move over to the tight end position, Evan. And this gets a little more interesting than I think we thought going into the season. Obviously, Dawson Knox solidified tight end one. OJ Howard's a name that you haven't heard any solidified trade rumors, but you've heard the potential for him to be traded, kind of be spewed out amongst the fan base, whatever else. I don't think he's going anywhere. They'd have to take about a $3 million hit if he he did wind up going somewhere. They didn't give him an opportunity, to me at least in this preseason, to really showcase anything that would make you think one way or the other. I guess the question is, Evan, because he's staying. Quinn Morris looked really good this preseason, and I know Tommy Sweeney is a, you know, everybody loves him on this team. You can't keep all four. Whoever they wind up going away from is going to get snatched up, you'd think. The way you see it, Who winds up getting let go tomorrow at the tight end position? Quentin Morris or Tommy Sweeney?
3: Well, space odyssey goes really quick. I know Evan is not an OJ Howard guy. I've spun my hat on the OJ Howard thing. I am an OJ Howard guy, so you were wrong about that one. And it's a good reason to be an OJ Howard guy. But between the um, the Tommy Sweeney and the Quentin Morris take. I think, uh, man, this one, this one's hard because, you know, the bills want to run different personnel packages this year. They want to run some 13 personnel. They want to run 22 personnel. They want to run 12 personnel. And at points in times you're going to have to have a guy like Tommy Sweeney or Quentin Morris on the field. Right. What do you do? I think Quentin Morris fits this offense a little more. If he was thrown into the tight end one spot, he's got a little more build like Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney does. At the same time, though, you got to also look at the fact that Tommy Sweeney's been here for a few more years. He is that kind of safety blanket type of tight end. He's like, Every team has that safety blanket tight end. That is what Tommy Sweeney is. Reliable, isn't going to take penalties, isn't going to do too much, isn't going to drop passes. He's going to do the right things at the right time. But he doesn't offer too much downfield. He's not an explosive player. He's not super great after the catch. But Quentin Morris is a little more different than that. Quentin Morris adds that after the catch ability. He offers that, you know, a little more downfield threat. He's a little faster than Sweeney. So overall, I think they probably will keep Sweeney over Morris. I think Morris has had a hell of a, a hell of a preseason. Yeah. But you already know how much Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and Ken Dorsey just love Tommy Sweeney. They, 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 they literally love Tommy Sweeney. I know. Um. I mean, I get it. He, he dropped a crucial, crucial ball in preseason. But again, the Bills love Sweeney and they're not going to give up guys they love. So I think uh, Sweeney stays on this roster behind OJ Howard and Dawson Knox.
0: I, I'm seeing a uh, Raven 187 coming in here and saying Sweeney is new Lee at t- tight end. That kind of makes sense. It's just, there seems to be a love affair. There seems to be a love affair there with Tommy Sweeney, but you cannot argue what we wound up seeing from Quentin Morris and his versatility that he displayed. Uh, It's crazy. As you run through this, Evan, usually it's a lot easier to look at a guy and say, okay, move on, move on. It's not easy. As good as the bills are up at the top, it's the depth that really winds up standing out to you. As you look at this team this season and as you move into tomorrow, having to move off of guys as good as they are, you know, I don't think people necessarily look at how deep they are and they truly are. And that is, just a problem that you want to have. I mean, going into somebody mentioned down here earlier, you know, it's a problem you want to have. There's some teams who can't field, uh, you know, like currently in this moment, there's not enough players to field a, an adequate starting roster for some of these players. There's some of these teams in the NFL right now. The Bills, the way it is, not only is their starting lineup as good as it gets, you look at the depth, and there are plenty of players that we're talking about right now that other teams would love to snatch up should the Bills move off of them. Let's move on to the line situation. Uh, we got the O-line, D-line. I think the Bills go and keep nine offensive linemen again this season. They did so a season ago. The name's being kind of tossed around as far as who gets moved off of. It's Van Rotten and it's Lewin. Your thoughts right now about those two guys and if they wind up not being on the roster tomorrow for the Bills offensive line.
3: Can you say that again? I couldn't hear you on that, uh, who you mentioned.
0: I said uh Van Rotten and uh and Taylor Tay- I always say is it Lu- is it Luan, right? Lunetta Luan.
3: Lunetta. What
0: that, what Luan's is
3: the, the Luan's the tackle for Tennessee. Lunetta.
0: Lu- or Tunetta. Tunetta. Lunetta. Okay, my Luke bad.
3: Tanetta. Tanetta. Uh, so Tunetta. Yeah. My you know, bad. So Greg yeah. Van Rotten it was and Luan,
0: Yeah,
3: you know what? I don't know why I did that. All right. But, um, uh so you have uh Luke Tanetta and Greg Van Rotten. Obviously, Greg Van Rotten is a veteran in this league. He's played starting minutes and starting you know, starting moments for the New York Jets. And I know the New York Jets, not the greatest team in the world, but he has been a starting guard in this league. He's played starting. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's played, he's had starting minutes in this league. Uh, overall, I think it's hard for him to make this roster when you really crunch down everything. Um, but now Luke Tanada, Tenetta. Luke Tanada is a draft pick. I think Luke Tanada probably makes the practice squad. I don't think Luke Tanada has a spot right now on this roster. Luke Tanada would be a guy that you throw on the practice squad and just kind of let him develop and see what he has next year. Um, but you know, when yeah, you when you're looking at this this old line depth chart, it, it really is sensational, like how deep yeah. this old line is in, in a good Especially way. I mean compared
0: to where it was, you know what I mean? That's the other thing.
3: Yeah, no, because I'm pretty sure I have us keeping obviously Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris, Spencer Brown, Saffold, Bates, uh, David Questenberry, Tommy Doyle. So that's seven. 8 being Greg Mance, Bobby Hart being 9, and then obviously Ike Butker being on the pup list. That would be 10. Um, But as of right now, I was keeping 9. And yes, Bobby Hart's making the roster, everybody. yep. Yep. I know I've been on every BF show over the last week giving my praise to Mr. Bobby Hart, but he's versatile. He plays his position fairly well. McDermott and Bean value that. He's going to make the roster, even if you guys don't like it or not.
0: Let's talk about D line real quick. We'll switch from one side of the ball to the other. I think there's a lot of young guys that could potentially have made this team if the Bills weren't currently just so stacked right now at the D line. And I mean, which I and mean, that's just crazy to say in itself compared to where this seemed to be not too long ago. But they they have incredible young players at this position as well as a new veteran presence. So you look at guys like Prince Amelie and Mike love who, you know, Brandon Bryant, they had their fair share of great plays this preseason, but there's a handful of these young guys right now, Evan, on the D line that there's just not going to be an ability to keep them.
3: Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at this roster overall on the D line, I think there's nine players who honestly are just locks. I think if, yeah. if you were the bills coming in to preseason and training camp, you had, like, like you mentioned, your number system. You had your number in your basketball trial. Right, right. The Bills have nine, one through nine. They're going to give their guys, you know, Vons one, Ed's two, et cetera. Shaq Lawson's probably number nine. But when you're after that, number 10's probably a guy like Eli Onku. Number 11's probably Brandon Bryant. I think those guys aren't going to make the roster, sadly. Right. Um. As good as they have been in preseason, the penetration and the versatility on the defensive line, you know, being a big body interiorly and, you know, getting to the quarterback and making big time plays at the line of scrimmage just isn't enough. Because when you look at this roster, Jordan Phillips is coming back two years ago. He led us in sacks with the nine and a half. Shaq Lawson's back six and a half sacks just, you know, a little bit ago, uh, two years ago with the Bills. Again, had a great preseason outing against the Broncos. Uh, but yeah, on this D line, I have Von Miller at Oliver, Rousseau, Settle, Basham, DeQuan Jones, up in Phillips, and Shaq Lawson. Me and
0: I think everybody's got um, that right. I mean, that's no other I, way you can you can really paint it.
3: I think outside of the quarterback room, I think that that room in general is just kind of a a safe lock in. You know, you, you just you just name nine guys, everyone listening, or you know, everyone doing their own thing. They're like, okay, that's a lock. I'm not going to disagree there. Exactly. Maybe you would like to see this guy make the roster, but it's just not
0: happening. Bingo. One area that I also think has a pretty set in stone depth chart right now is linebacker. I think, of course, Baylin Specter, after what we have seen this preseason is going to make the team. The one guy I think they wind up walking away from is Joe Giles Harris. You look at the ro- the linebacker situation right now, six guys of course, come to mind. Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Tyler Medikevich, Tyrell Dotson, Balen Spector. In your opinion, Evan, Balen Spector has done enough this offseason to make the team, yes?
3: Man, that first performance he had against the Colts really just showed me something. I'm like, this guy was, you know, a late-round pick and we didn't know much about him. We just kind of had to wait and see him in a Buffalo Bills uniform to showcase his talents. You know, you're going to see it in you know training camp. You're going to see his film in college. You're going to see all these draft experts saying he does this, that, and the third compared to other draft uh, right. prospects. But then you kind of see that all unfold on the football field. You see it in live game action. He wrapped up ten total tackles against the Colts. He looked like a fresh of breath air, a breath of fresh air like against that. the Colts. Right? But that's something we haven't seen. Yeah. Right. Fresh there we go. There. Yeah. That, that, that's Uh. yeah, that's I my like new that one. I like that one. That's a new
0: one. Down, <laughs> but mark, mark. New, new catchphrase coin. <laughs> no, but I know what you're saying. I mean, it definitely, yeah. It, it, yeah. Not, no, you know, not saying we
3: haven't had, you know, moments here and there from Tremaine Edmonds, but we haven't seen that yeah. splash play. We haven't seen Edmonds all over the field and I get his D line. Hasn't been that good. The, you know, the front four hasn't been, you know, up to par from what McDermott has wanted it to be over the past few years. Right. But now it is hopefully, you know, Edmonds takes the next step. But from what I saw from, you know, Balen Spector, it, it was good. Like it really was good. And a guy oh, like, uh, you know, Andre Smith, I think he comes back, you know, after his six game suspension for PEDs and then he might bump Spector to the practice squad. I'm not exactly sure, but overall, yeah, I definitely agree with your, um with your six linebackers on the roster Joe Giles Harris, I like him. Like I really actually like him. I think he's a fine guy.
0: I thought there was definitely moments this this preseason where you you heard his name often. It's just and and it's your point. It's just like and it's not like you hear his name
3: after the D line just gets obliterated and he's just right there making the tackle. Oh, he stopped them, you know. But it was a seven yard game. Yes. No, you see, Joe Giles. Joe Giles Harris having really nice pursuit angles on outstretched runs. He's going sideline to sideline. He's in the middle of the hash marks, going to the sideline, going to the boundary, making plays on screens, stretch runs, you know, inside zones. Like we haven't seen that, you know, some of our depth players, all of our linebackers do that here and there, but I, I think he's pretty good. And I mean, it sucks to see him go. Like I, I hate seeing these good players go because I'm like that guy's an NFL player, Yeah, but he's not going to be on a roster sadly enough.
0: Yeah. There'll be a few guys tomorrow that it'll be, you know, it'll be quite sad to see what they were able to deliver in the preseason here, but ultimately you're going to have to let them go. And yeah, it sucks. But I think that just goes to show you how truly, truly good the bills are with this roster moving forward into the season to round out the, overall depth chart here will go to the cornerback position I think almost unarguably right now just based on Tredavious White's absence until he's not absent it is one of the weaker spots of this team until we are proven otherwise you look at the current situation for corner I think the one guy that winds up being left out here is probably Nick McLeod who isn't by far and all, you know, a a bad player at the position. You just look at what wound up coming to fruition, and you have a guy like Christian Benford who shocked everybody. He's going to get a spot on this team. Uh, Your thoughts, Ev, on the cornerback position, and do you think that out of everybody who winds up making the 53 man that Nick McLeod is the one guy left off that, like you were just talking about, is an NFL player but just not for the Bills right now?
3: Yeah, you know Nick McLeod showed a lot of promise last training camp as a potential young player with, uh, you know, some some brightness in his future. Sure. Uh, but you know that that you know those stars just weren't aligning because the Bills brought in more young talent to fulfill the cornerback position. Obviously, with the the terrible injury to Tre'Davious White last year on Thanksgiving against the Saints. You bring in Kyler Elam. You bring in Christian Benford. Dane Jackson's back for year three. You have a guy like Cam Lewis now. Who right. kind of was similar to Nick McLeod in a way, right? They're both depth players. They both play the cornerback position, but they both also try to play safety. But the difference with Cam Lewis is he's played games for the Bills. He showed go. that if thrown into the starting lineup at the slot, he can play. He can play slot. He can play a little outside. He can play special teams. He can play the safety position. There's four things that Cam Lewis can do. And I think it, I was on the Rico report the other day. I was talking to Rico about this. I was like, Cam Lewis is literally the 2020 to 2021 version of Isaiah McKenzie, but on defense, right? He's not going to be always in there, but, you know, if an apparent thing opens up, an injury, someone gets sick, whatever, in someone goes down, Cam Lewis is a player that can step up. You know, we've seen him do it. He can play a lot of different positions on this Bills defense, and I think he's a valuable player that will make this roster. And I have him actually as the last defensive back we we keep on this roster, and he just edges out a guy like Nick
0: McLeod. I think it's perfectly stated. Those two guys, very similar. I think the tiebreaker winds up going down to Cam Lewis already having experience on the team, I think that just is the only thing that you can really split down the middle between the two. And I think that that carries some weight. And I think it ultimately winds up carrying him onto the roster, leaving Nick McLeod out. Well, there it is. Ev. 53 man. We'll know soon enough tomorrow by four o'clock. As we went through here in depth, it, it is, it is tough to see some of these guys that definitely shined at moments in the preseason have to walk. But like I keep saying, and like you've touched on as well, it's, it's uh it's a roster as you look at it right now, that has all the makings of the hype that the bills have been being granted. I guess you could say all throughout the off season up until this moment, it all makes sense. Even when you look at it yeah. all the way down to the last guy being kept, it all makes sense as to why the bills are being coined. One of the best teams in the league.
3: Yeah. Oh, actually one more question. It was yeah. brought up during the tight end discussion, but I didn't want to, you know, carry it on and have the conversation go too longer. Uh, do you think the bills? Do you think there's a chance the bills keep two tight ends? And I only say this because of the flexibility that Reggie Gilliam offers. Here.
0: You mean you mean three?
3: Well, you know, we'll do yeah, that. So two tight ends, I'd be Knox and Howard, and then you yeah. keep Reggie Gilliam as that fullback tight end. I say yes.
0: You, uh, you I see what could? you're saying. Keeping an ad- keeping an additional tight end amongst the other two. That's a great question okay. because if you do that, then one, what's the other area that winds up being? Left out. What's the other positional group that winds up leaving out a guy that we were just going through? That that's the question. I mean, and if it is a third guy, if it is a third guy, which that's one maybe is how you do? can oh, keep seven Norris receivers. Sweeney, that's the thing.
3: Maybe so that's how you seven keep guys. seven receivers if you want to. If they will, if they don't want to get rid of Kumaro and Hodgins, maybe they you know they
0: well, the thin up the
3: tight end room a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's or true. maybe a running
3: back with Raheem Blackshear. Maybe that's one of their questions uh, that they
0: just want to answer. The thing is with Kumaro, too, is I mean, do, do you like you were talking about, is is the is the value at the special teams position so much so that you'd be willing to just take him over another spot, like you know, their love affair with Sweeney or what Quentin Morris showed, would you be willing to move off of that in order to preserve one of those other guys? I think this is the nitty-gritty stuff that'll be interesting to find out tomorrow. I mean, I just can't help but think that there's going to be seven wide receivers on this team by the end of the day tomorrow. I think that that's a lot. Um, Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, when you look at Reggie Gilliam as well, I mean, we signed him for a two-year extension. They obviously want to have more Reggie Gilliam on the field. They want to get him more involved. I don't think you're going to get him more involved as a straight traditional fullback. No. I, I just don't think there's a lot of touches to be shared there. So if you're going to give him this contract, if you're going to believe in Reggie Gilliam like you do, why not throw him at the third tight end spot? I think he's going to offer the same thing that a guy like Quentin Morris is going to offer, you know, if not, not a knock on Morris. No. But Realistically, what does the third tight end do in a Buffalo Bills offense that primarily, primarily only used one tight end for the back half of the season? Like realistically, like hundred percent, I, I get it. We're going to use more th- two to three tight end sets, but Reggie Gilliam has shown he's a, good pass catcher. He can block. He can throw a chip block. He can stand up and, you know, take, um, you know, a safety or a linebacker coming at him. He can do certain things, uh, as a fullback tight end mix. And I think it's just that versatility of, you know, trimming down your roster in a good way.
0: I agree completely. These are the little things that will be interesting. And it will also be interesting to see who those few guys are that, you know, you'd like to have around, but are ultimately going to wind up. Taken off so interesting stuff thanks for the insight i is always oh evan always if, you, if you're not paying attention and i'm sure you all are because evan's been all over the place evan always has great insight on all the nitty-gritty stuff when it comes to these players and uh tomorrow we shall know for sure how it all winds up panning out but i've dug 10 days baby i cannot wait Ooh. 10 days What's
3: your game plan looking like for the game? You got a, a nice party set up, you tailgating somewhere with the, the
0: family or friends or whatever. So the Thursday no well ultimately my my excitement, of course, it's you can't overlook it. I'm nothing I'm more excited for than that Thursday night, but I'm really like jonesing to get in there for that Monday night. And I know you feel the same way. I just can't wait to get in there, you know? Because yeah, it's as awesome as the opening game is, it's always better when you're actually there. Oh but yeah. the Thursday night. Um, so it's, it's weird. I, I, um, I'm out of town this weekend. I come back. I'm, I'm coming back just to watch the game with my dad. Cause if you've been listening to me for a while, that is, that is my essential have to be at the house unless there's a completely unearthly circumstance. So watch the game with the folks at the house. And then I got to catch a flight to Denver the next night. And then I got to get back hopefully ASAP to watch because Sunday, the slate games on Sunday, this week one of uh, of Sunday football I mean has it ever been better I mean and you include wow. that with the Bills Thursday night situation it, it is unlike any opening weekend I think I've ever seen as far as just games on paper are concerned I mean right down to the fact that like Baker Mayfield's playing the Browns like games you don't even care about have some reason to, to have an extra flair to them it's incredible
3: yeah. Also, with Russell Wilson, you know, exactly. playing against Seattle with Denver yeah. now, it's gonna be it's gonna be outstanding. Uh, just the slate of games we got. Here we I go. Boom.
0: Hey, why not? I mean, at the end of the I day, you know
3: what? I I played soccer in high school. I got a couple, you know, college offers. I I can punt the football. I can, I mean, I'm not saying I can punt it. You know, like some of the NFL punters. But if you need a good 50 yards, maybe a little roll to get that 55, I can do that.
0: I mean, I Evan, if you can go out there and punt, and then you can come back on the show each week and give us a little inside scoop as to what's going on in the locker room, too. I mean, we really could be off and running here, and we could really be onto something. It'd be awesome. Yeah,
3: no, I'm, I mean, I mean, I might throw a shank in here and there.
0: Uh, hey, you know what? Every great punter's had one of those. You know what I mean? Better yeah. than I could do. I remember doing the punt passing kid as a kid, and I'm like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. By the time my leg got in the air, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to bother doing the passing in the – uh and the other kicking thing, and then the the T thing, I was I was just terrible at it. Anything to do with the legs, I have, including running, not me. Probably the reason I didn't make the basketball team uh, back in eighth grade. To bring it all full
3: circle. But back. you said you were a lacrosse guy. What position in lacrosse are
0: you? Lax guy. Look, I was I was crease attack. So it was all it was all this. It was all oh. arms, and, and and that was it. If you asked anybody who knew me, if it required any mobility, you might as well. You might as well. No, I
3: totally get it. I totally crap. get it. You know, there's always that one guy in every Lax team yep. that just literally will just use like you know their their hands and yep. just you know that that powerful shot they got and that uh you know just the way they find the net. It's I was like the guy down, who right? used
0: his fat ass to just back in and then I had the arm and I was only one hand too, just right hand, and the release time was kind of like Brady. If I had it in my stick, it was out of the stick in the net. It, it, I never thought I'd make a relation to myself from, from, to Tom Brady. I shouldn't because it wasn't even close. But trying to paint the overall picture here, couldn't move, but yeah. I had that I had that ball in my hand. Get
3: then. the Buffalo Bandits calling uh, a little Z bot hey,
0: I'm ready to rock. Get me out to Buffalo. We'll do some. We'll do some smoke break. We'll do some. We'll do some box lacks. Although those guys, man, I don't know. I they beat the shit out of each other. That's the one thing I don't know if I'd be prepared for. They beat the PLL guy then. I love it all. It's just if I got in the ring there, I think I'd be uh, I'd be on IR within the within the day. That's the problem. So, <laughs> all right, I'm go. gonna let Ev rock into the backside, and I'm gonna take a short break here. When I return, we're gonna do a little chicken wing slash Bills Mafia Josh Allen seasoning taste test to round this bad boy out. So, give me like. A minute, not even. I'm going to go get these wings, get these seasonings all lined up, and we're going to round this one out in style, have a little fun, do some Q&A, get in the comments, just have a conversation here to round her all out as I try these seasonings and kind of let you know, is is it worth it? Because, you know, like I've told you before, if Josh Allen's face was on napkins, I'd buy it. Well, his face is on seasoning, and I bought it, but is it any good? That's the question. I'm already going in biased, telling myself it has to be good. Josh Allen's on the front of it. We'll see if it actually is. Be right back with the much anticipated Josh Allen seasoning taste test. 30 seconds, one minute between the two. I'll be right back. Let's get into it, baby. Uh, so, Josh Allen. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if a lot of you guys are. Um, what do we got here? What's Steve saying? It would be cool to see Zbot, Rico, Ev, Rev and Kingpin do a hot wing challenge with the bomb sauce. What is the bomb sauce? Yeah, I, I, is that a Buffalo thing? Is that a what is that? You know what I really want to do, and you know this. I want to try some. Uh, I want to try some of uh, Rev stuff. Oh my God, Rev the other day. Evan knows I can see him in the back. He'll relate to this. He was sending pictures of his burgers. Holy crap. I mean, my God. He's got to stop with it. He has got to stop teasing the boys. Rev's in here. He's got to stop, he's got to stop teasing the boys. The other day he sends in this video of uh, or not a video, a picture of this burger he whooped up. And it was just like, dude, what are you doing to me, man? Why do you why do you keep sending this in? You know, I'm like, I can't like just save it until you get up here. I can't keep looking at it. I can't. And I got a feeling because I've got that secret and Rev's got that secret sauce that he uses He's got that secret seasoning I need to try that But whatever the bomb stuff is I guess I got to try that too Now you guys all got different recommendations in here What the hell is this? Don't eat the bomb I got some of that acid Oh well kind of acid we talking there? Humble We talking about that super hot sauce? Are we talking about that that super psychedelic sauce? What are we talking about here? I don't like when it's too hot it needs to be enjoyable oh I see Steve saying it's from that uh uh, hot ones you know who loves that my girlfriend she watches she watches that like every night she falls asleep to it I don't know how she does it I couldn't fall asleep to people eating chicken wings you know the other thing too that's weird she's a she's a vegan my girlfriend's a vegan and she falls asleep to that dude and whoever the guest is eating chicken wings very odd I would just be way too starving. I couldn't do that. All right, which one should I try first? We got three different ones here. Now, first of all, you know me, sucker for marketing, suck, sucker for branding, all this crap. I mean, I, I, how much money have I pissed away? I have no idea. My mom bought me these. Uh, shout out Mama Bell. She, uh, she took care of me on these ones because I don't like going to the grocery store. I hate it. I try to avoid the grocery store like the plague. Hate it. I hate going in there. I don't know why. I just absolutely hate it. But if you do go, to a, if you do go into a grocery store... Uh, at any point, uh, you know, recently, or, you know, right now, I guess, but I don't know what the hell I'm, I don't know why I'm having a freaking aneurysm right now. Uh, if you go into a grocery store right now, that's in upstate New York, Western New York, Buffalo, Rochester area, whatever you are going to find an aisle that is just dedicated to Josh Allen. I mean, it is just the Josh Allen aisle. You got the Josh Allen cereal. You got the Josh Allen hot sauce. You got the Josh Allen seasoning. Now I've tried all the other ones. The seasoning is the last uh, of the bunch I haven't tried. By the way, if you think this looks interesting, and if you don't live in the area especially, you're going to want to get in on this, I'm doing a giveaway. I'll pull that up right now, I guess. I'm doing a giveaway uh, over on my Twitter. I'm giving away what I like to call the Let Josh Cook Bundle. I am giving away the seasoning, the seasoning, and i'm giving away some uh some josh's jacks so josh allen has the cereal and he had the blue version come out that was the og he had the color rush variant come out last year and now he's got the away variant out and i'm giving it away right now so all you got to do go over to my twitter at zach b22 find this post all you got to do, rip it uh, a retweet and you're entered. That's it. I've been doing a few giveaways. Just gave away a, a Diggs Funko Pop today. Gave away an Ed Oliver jersey last week.
3: All right. What's up, fellas? Uh, Zbot sadly just uh, got booted out. Got booted We're out. Back
0: yeah put it out apparently
3: I'll back in nah,
0: there. I got a feeling it's got to do with this nude h d x y z well who are these people? Where do they come from? They're in here Dude, I, every night
3: no like I'll, I'll literally um before I head back out, I'll, I'll literally just be you know because I'm manning the comments and whatever I'll just look to the side for a second like my dog barks or whatever, and then bam who are these people they're just they're just in there and I'm like, oh my gosh I
0: mean I'm right, saying uh, it is the best adult dating site
3: um i guess but i'm gonna head back and let you get back to your wing review
0: thanks ev yeah because this is some serious stuff as you know what was i talking about oh my giveaway that you saw whatever go over to twitter retweet you're entered to win been doing some fun giveaways because uh hey the season's around the corner we got to celebrate somehow and uh who doesn't like free bill stuff so if you're out of town this is probably even better for you because you can't get this stuff unless you're up here and uh if you win i'll send you Three things of seasoning, all three kinds, and the Josh's Jacks. So you'll be all set. You'll have all the uh, necessary Josh Allen kitchen products. Okay, so let's start. Let's start. Let's dive into this. So we got three different kinds, like I mentioned earlier, and I love the I love the labeling, the branding, because like the Josh's Jacks, they're each represented by the different uniforms. So we got the classic home, and that's chili lime. Now this is the one I'm most skeptical about. I'm most skeptical about the chili lime because I'm not really a lime guy at all. Now this is the color rush. This is the one I'm most excited about. Huge Cajun guy, and this is the classic Cajun. You really can't go wrong with Cajun. That's like, to me, it's like the best. It's it's got that just that perfect taste. And this is the one I'm I'm also very intrigued about. This is the tried and true, the away jersey variant, the uh, the Buffalo wing. So I figured, hey, let's start with the with the classic. The Buffalo wing. And speaking of Buffalo wing, you know I got to try them on some Buffalo wings. Now, can we talk about this for a second? Look, like I understand the gas prices are through the roof and, and everything's expensive. I, I'm sick of this. I am so sick of the, imp- the inflation on the wings, man. Order a 10 wings earlier just to do this review. It's goes to show you how much I love you guys. but I'm willing to put myself through. $19. For 10 wings man i mean what are we doing what are we doing and i, and I know rev was was talking about his is you know his deals he offers and i'm like that's why another reason why i need to get rev up here he's doing like a burger and wings and like whatever else for like like 10 bucks I, you know i ordered them and i'm like oh god you know every time i do it it's like but i need to have them i'm like addicted to wings but man 19 bucks for 10 wings is just it, it should be illegal all right let's kick it off here. buffalo wing tailgate rub series cool thing about this too is i think they do it they donate some money to uh oh which is awesome you gotta love that um all right so you got you got your different you got your different options here you can do the little the big the big shaker the tiny shaker and then you got like the the family size here now I'm going to go ahead and just do the uh, we're going to do the triple combo here. We're going to do the, the the big guns, the three boy here. And uh, we're going to go with the classic Buffalo first. And let's see what Josh Allen's got. Co- now, mind you, I'd love to know who the company is who got involved in this, by the way. They got to be making they got to be making a hand over fist right now. It's throwing Josh Allen's name on crap. People buying it like I am just like a sucker. All right, so we got it on there. Buffalo wing. Here's the uh, here's the uh, the first bite. Buffalo wing. Josh Allen. Bills Mafia rub. Here we go. Let's let's check it out. <clears throat> okay. I mean, look at this. Look at revenue. You're getting a Revs classic single and a six piece for less than I got the ten piece for. I mean that ain't even right, yo, Jeff. I got to come down to the coach. You're right. What are we doing? You're doing ten for twelve. You're gonna be seeing me soon. I didn't know that, um, folks. This is this is damn good. Let's try it again. One another another quick bite here. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt I'm in on that it's it's more it's spicier than I thought it would be, and it actually does kind of taste like um like a, like it's got that it's got that wing vibe to it, it's got that wing vibe to it. I like that, and what I like about this stuff too is I'll put this crap on everything. I'll put this on like eggs and stuff. Um, especially with, with Josh Allen, you know, I mean, I'll be, will probably putting this in my, uh, my morning coffee before the games. All right. Let's go to the next one here. This is the classic cage. You know, this is the one I won't sip on water. I got one next to me though. It's not that hot. I'm not, I'm not like you. I'm not, I'm not flagging the waitress down, trying to get my sour cream and my milk after, uh, my excursion to uh barbell. If Rico was here right now, he'd be flagging down the weight just trying to get some uh, sour cream for these for these bad boys. He wouldn't even be able to taste the seasoning. God bless him. Um, okay. Cajun time. Underrated. Underrated. C- Cajun. Underrated. Like Not often that you're, like, ordering that, I feel like, for wings. But any time you do have it, you're like, man, why don't I do this more often? Like, you know who does it really good? Dinosaur barbecue. Oh. Bro, I don't know and I don't know if this is a known thing But if you if you are in the Rochester Buffalo area and does Buffalo still have a Buffalo still has a dinosaur, right? I think they do You want to know what the most underrated wings are on the planet? Dinosaur barbecue. I Mean you unbelievable But you don't think about it. because It's not like your classic wing joint It's like obviously it's like a barbecue joint. That's the only thing I get there and trust me. That's like That's a tough choice because everything they have there is absolutely fantastic. All right, here we go Cajun the raging Cajun baby J a the raging Cajun the uh, The color rush variant. here we go. Let's try it out Yep There it is baby You gotta love the Cajun man you know what's funny about these it's like this is no better than anything else right this is just your classic crap but i am totally convincing myself that it's better than it is because it's uh it's got josh allen on it not to say it's bad it's good um there's this joint in the mall oh my god like look i love this crap i love the different sauces i love the the um the seasonings and stuff And I'm in the mall, I'm walking around just kind of like killing time. I forget why exactly. And uh, they had over at Eastview mall here in Rochester, they had this, uh, they had this seasoning joint and it looked new. I mean, I'm not really a huge mall goer anyway. So I guess I was like in- intrigued. What's it? Sh- Shadow boy, St. Pepper palace. Maybe I can't remember the name. Anyhow, I walk in there Dude, this place is like Toys R Us This place is like Toys R Us for seasoning I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life And they got this guy in there I mean, dude, this guy is a walking seasoning Slash hot sauce Encyclopedia I mean, I can't get this guy to stop talking about it And he's got these little spoons It just goes to show you how bored I was, and this guy didn't have another soul in there. I was loving it, man. Me and this guy were shooting the shit for like, honest to god, I was probably in there for forty five minutes. And this guy, you know how those like, you know how they got those like little sampling spoons at the uh, the ice cream joints? This guy had like a bucket of these things, and he's just like, he's like pouring it into the. Oh, you gotta try this one. You gotta try this one. I put this one. He's telling me, "I put this one on my, I put this one on my omelets." I'm like, dude and he's dumping the sauce into these little spoons. And I'm just sitting there doing like shooters of hot sauce. And then he's got like these these chips and you put the seasoning on the chips and you eat those. And it got to the point where like, I have been in this store so long that it, it would be impossible for me to walk out of here and not buy something. Like imagine I go in there I'm not kidding you. I'm in there 45 minutes. Imagine I go in there and waste 45 minutes of this guy's time and walk out of there and be like, dude, this stuff is awesome, but I got to hit the road. I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, maybe not everybody's like this, but it's kind of like when you're on a road trip and you got to like take a leak or you got to really like crap your pants. So you pull into a, you pull into like a gas station or a McDonald's or something. And you're like, you know, technically, you don't have to buy something, but you'd feel a lot better if you bu- about yourself if you did. So, like, I'm on the road a lot. So, oftentimes, I'll pull into the McDonald's and just wreck that place. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And then I'll feel bad about it. So, I'll just pull up to the, I'll pull up to the counter and get, like, a Diet Coke. So, this is kind of like that situation, except I have, like, a 45-minute relationship being formed with this guy. So, he showed me a bunch that I thought were, like, killer. So I'm like, all right, you know what? This dude's super awesome. This joint's really cool. I'm gonna eat this stuff anyways. I never looked at the prices. I never looked at the prices, and at this point, it was irrelevant because I was I was not gonna be able to leave there without something. So, yeah, I walk up to the I walk up to the counter. I go, you know what, man? I'll take the I got I got like this Cajun hot sauce. And I got a couple of rubs, so I got I got two rubs, and a hot sauce, bro. He go, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that'll be a 4790 99 ninety-nine." I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> dude!" And like I said, at this point, I'm all in. I'm screwed. So I gotta pretend like I'm, you know, Jeff Bezos. I'm like, pfft. Oh. Forty-seven ninety-nine. you might as well be giving this shit away, man. What are you doing in here? Swipe the card. I walk out of there. I mean, I feel physically sick. I'm like, there is no way. I just spent 50 bucks on like salt and pepper and hot sauce. And it'd be different if the quality, the quantity of it was large. This shit was gone in like four days. Mind you, I'm sure my dad probably ate half of it without me even looking. This stuff was gone, gone. And I got to tell you that weighed on my mind for days. Just goes to show you how much of a frugal asshole I am. That weighed on my mind for days. I'm like, dude, there's no way I just gave this guy 50 bucks for this crap. And don't get me wrong. It was good. but dude, I mean, that, that wrecked me emotionally for about a week. I still think about it every now and then. And I got to give that guy credit. He he knew he knew he had a sucker in it. He knew he had a sucker in his presence. The second I walked in there, and he started giving out little spoonfuls of sauce, he he knew. He knew he had some commish coming his way, no doubt. All right, last up. Chili lime. Now, this is the one I was the most uh, I was the most skeptical about. I told you this. Just not a lime guy. The only time I like lime really, no, let me let me, let me rephrase. Love lime, like lemon-lime soda, killer. Who doesn't love Sprite? I mean, come on. You'd have to be out of your mind. Uh, tequila. Oh. Don't want to get me going on the tequila, man. Big tequila guy. Love tequila. And obviously, you got to have the lime. In the, 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 the Man, you would have thought I just had nine tequilas, the way I was trying to say that. Love tequila. Uh, love the lime in the uh, in the Corona, all that stuff. But lime in the food. I'm out, so we'll see what happens here chili lime last but not least. Let's check it out Yeah, I'm out I'm out Nope It's just not it's not me the lime is no, nope mm -mm. I mean look it's not bad it's not, but Eric's coming and saying, you paid for the experience. Yeah, you're right. I mean, granted, I did get a cool story out of it. I did get a cool story out of it. Like every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, man, that reminds me of the time I got stuck talking to this guy for 45 minutes and spent 50 bucks. I do appreciate that. I do appreciate a good story like that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, really, um, it, it just felt like I was, I was in a corner. And I guess if I looking back on it, you gotta tip my I gotta tip my cap to the guy. I mean, he did what he had to do. He knew. He sees me walking in there. Yeah. You know, got my you know, I got a little bit of a gut on me, got my beard. Like he knows. He knows I enjoy, he knows I enjoy a good rub. You know, he knows I enjoy a good hot sauce. This guy's no dummy. Now he sees me walking in there, I probably got a bill shirt on. The odds of that were about 99%. And you know, you see me. I got, I got, I got a little extra, a little extra uh, spare tire going on. Got my beard going. He's, he's like, dude, this guy, this is, this is in the bag. So he just whips out the sample spoon, starts pouring these things out like ice. Like you know how you go to the ice cream joint and they're like just giving you little samples. Like it was game over. Uh, yeah, exactly. Is mouth. <laughs> Bot likes a good rub? At the end of the day, Z Bot likes a good rub. We got a couple of t-shirts coming out of the show tonight. What did Evan say? He said, uh, it's a fresh, it's a fresher breath air. And, uh, Z-Bot likes a good rub. What's the kingpin saying? What's he got going on? Oh, you just opened up a major can. If we're talking about DoorDash. OMG. I felt similar last week at DoorDash. A 30 piece, bro. I didn't even know that was a thing. I door dashed a 30-piece Chick-fil-A nugget and it came out to 30 bucks. Once it set in, I realized I'm literally eating a dollar a nugget each bite after with me. Bro, I didn't even know they did a 30-piece. I guess my question to you, Pierre, is what'd you get the rest of the fan? Because if that's me, we're facing that thing. We're facing that 30-rack, no doubt. I didn't even know that was a thing. So you just really opened up a total other ran here. I guess I'll just top off here before we're done. There's a chili again. Yeah, I'm out. So if I had to if I had to rank them, I guess I'm just biased. Cajun numero uno, Buffalo wing coming in last place, and then in a distant Grand Canyon size gap, almost like the gap between the Bills and the rest of the AFC East chili lime not to say it's bad it's just i don't like lime lime all right doordash criminal doordash uber eats they are they are it is functioning crime It. it is legal digital socially accepted crime i mean you get you like like pierre just said you're lucky that was 30 bucks i'm shocked that wasn't 300 bucks you, you get, you know, you order up and, and, and mind you, the only time you're doing is usually when you're like piss wasted or hung over. Right. When you're ordering the DoorDash like it's very rare that I'll just be like so lazy that I won't go get it. The only time I'm ordering it is usually like after a concert or something when I can't drive and I'm starving and nothing's open within distance and I got to order it up or, um, that's really the only time. They, I mean, they got you over a barrel. Those people. If you, if you get like, if you go on to uh, DoorDash and you get, I did it the other night. I ordered a, a lot. I was in Saratoga for the races, and I'm starving. Oh, this is yeah. Here we go. This is actually great. This is a perfect story for this. So, we're in Saratoga for the uh, the Travers races, right? Me and all my college buddies. So you can only imagine. And we get back to my buddy's house, and I'm starving. I haven't eaten all day. I haven't eaten all day, and I gotta get something. And there's like nothing in the house, and I I just I don't want to eat his food anyways. I want my own thing. So I take a dip into the DoorDash app. Major mistake. Major mistake. Because it was inevitable I was gonna get something. It was a matter of what and how much money am I gonna piss away right now. They only had like four joints open. They were all trash all of them from what i could tell i didn't want any of them but i had to succumb to something you want to know you want to back to how just much of a frugal pos that i am i'll only order <laughs> i will only order from a restaurant that offers free delivery that's it i don't care you could be you could literally have like same price and if one restaurant is serving up like pizza no disrespect to pizza by the way i love pizza but say like one joins pizza hut and one's like a michelin star restaurant same prices i'm going with the pizza hut if the pizza hut has free delivery and the michelin star has got a 299 delivery fee i refuse i refuse because that money's not going to the driver that's going to some bs they're already inflating the money to begin with they already if you look at the menu for any standard joint on DoorDash and then you actually go to that place and look at that menu, it's like 25 times higher on DoorDash. And you want to throw a delivery fee on top of that? Forget it. Right here. No way. It's it's kind of like when you're ordering something on Amazon. If if it's got a delivery fee or if it's got the Amazon Prime, I'm doing the Prime, man. I don't care how much better the other one is. Anyway, it's like, I don't know. It's like midnight. I order this pizza. And the other thing that sucks about doordash, oh, you you hungry, you're hungry now? Be prepared to wait three hours to get this thing if it even shows up at all, and if they get the order right. So I order a pizza midnight. I'm like, all right, it's in thirty five bucks for a large pizza on Doordash. I mean, are you? What's worse, charging that or me actually hitting the checkout button on that? Both should be illegal on either side. Just just egregious, criminal. Midnight, order the pizza, 35 bucks, large pizza. I go, all right, just going to kick back, watch some TV until that shows up. Pass out on the couch, wake up at 6 a.m. I wake up at 6 a.m. I look at my phone. I go, you
1: gotta be kidding me.
0: 6 a.m., wake up, check my phone, and what is staring at me but in a text message image of the pizza on the doorstep. There's a pizza sitting on the doorstep. The guy takes a picture and sends it to me. So what do I do? What any what any responsible adult would do? I walk right upstairs at 6 a.m. I grab that pizza right off the front porch, bring it in. I don't even bother throwing that thing in the microwave. I house two slices of that thing back to bed. I told myself there was no way I was going to spend 35 bucks on a large pizza and not at least eat it. And it was not good. And it was ice cold. And I wasn't even really hungry at the time. I just, that's where I was at. I go, I, in order to mentally justify it for my, to myself, I had to do it. And I was I was worse off for it, so the whole thing sucked. And to, to round it out, Pierre, yeah, DoorDash, criminal, awful. Um, yeah, okay. So fun little way to round things out here as we hit the two hour mark. Once again, these are available, and I have no stake in the. Uh, I have no stake in the game here. This is just my personal thoughts. Classic Cajun takes the cake, Buffalo Wing number two, and then in a distant third, Cajun Lime. You can find them all at uh, Wegmans if you're in in the area. And if you're not, go and enter my giveaway over on Twitter at b 22 giving away these uh, seasonings and the Josh's Jacks. So you're going to want to check that out if you're not in the area, especially because that way you can get what you can't access locally. And, hey, it's free. Like me, I like finding the free delivery. And I'm giving you not only free delivery, I'm giving you the whole shebang for free. So make sure to go check that out. Hey, thanks for hanging uh, hanging in with me towards the end of this. Over 200 sat back and watched me rant about DoorDash, eat chicken wings, and uh, bitch about how much I don't like lime. How great are you guys? You're the best. That's another Monday night in the books, another smoke break in the books. Next week, folks, Labor Day evening will be the last smoke break before the regular season. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but next week's show is the Bills-Rams Week 1 preview i just got goosebumps you better be there next monday night same time 8 p.m eastern right here on the buffalo fanatics youtube channel if you can't get enough bills before then which i know you can't we got a full lineup for you this week as we always do rico tomorrow rev wednesday night and i'm sure we go round it out again on friday night so always good stuff but i will see you myself next monday bills rams preview and that point maybe it's game week ah my hair just stood up on the back of my chest i can't wait have a great rest of your week folks i'll see you next week you better be geared up for buffalo bills you never experienced why i hit that i'm always struggling at the end here there's the thumbnail go bills oh, great.